Hey everybody, uh, we are live, episode two. This is Team Overtalk. I am Rev and I'm with my co-host, Vin and Fancy. Say hi guys. Hello. Hi guys. <laughs> Alright, so like today we are going to be talking about a few things. First thing we're going to go over tonight is going to be foundations for building a team. Uh, we want to talk about the most recent stuff that's going on with Overwatch with uh, Season 8 coming up. Uh, they're, they're talking about doing some possible changes. Seems pretty interesting. And we're going to have Vin take us through the recap of preseason. And then we'll probably talk about one of the teams. We'll save that as a, a surprise for you at the end, which team we're going to talk about. The breakdown. So before we get started, how was everybody's week? It's wonderful. Thank you for asking. Good job. So I'm very I'm very much looking forward to starting my new, new job, getting my hours set, and actually enjoying the place that I work at. Hey, that's that's good. What about you, Vin? Ah, uh, you know, same old, same old. Go to work, play some Overwatch, go to work. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, for me this week has been pretty crazy, pretty hectic. Uh, I broke my, my all-time high in comp on Overwatch, so. Oh, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. And then I lost 100 SR. Ouch. So I got to work back up, getting closer and closer ever since uh, I, I, I found this team. They're just working a lot better, so I'm a lot happy about that. That so. tends to happen. I made a push for Diamond today and went down 100 SR as well, so you know we're in kind of the same atmosphere, Vin. That's about what happens. But with Vin's team sitting pretty. Vin, you, you hit Diamond, didn't you? Oh, I hit Diamond way back. Yeah, yeah was... you hit Diamond. and like, But your team's all uh, – much. most of them are getting up there too now. Oh, uh, yeah, finally we're, we're, we're hitting the Diamond, which is I'm happy about at least, but it's – it's a very slow and painful process, to be honest. Yeah. Especially with a lot of my personalities. Yeah. yeah, this is true. Which brings <laughs> us into our first topic: the foundation for building a team. Personalities are part of that. So, what do you guys look for when you guys are? Because I mean, you guys are the team captains, and you guys both put the teams together. What was it for each of you that you found the most important thing uh, when you're putting your teams together? So how my team was actually formed, I was never the one who was initially in charge. Um, really? I was chosen as the sixth member, and my original role was tank. And they asked me what I could play, and I said, well, I prefer tank, I prefer DPS, I can heal, but I just, I'm wasted on a healer, is what I would told them. <laughs> And, oh, you're too good for the heels, huh? You're too good to no, play a support role. It's, it's simply a matter of fact <laughs> that I pretty much focused all my time on a lot of Ryan and a lot of DPS roles that I didn't have as much time on Lucio or Ana or Mercy, for that matter. And I just can't produce my SR level on a healer that I can on a tank or DPS. I got you. I will say your Ryan is pretty scary. Oh. So is your Reaper. Oh, well, thank you. So. Um <laughs> So what happened when I got chosen is they put me on tank, and I was okay with it, great, whatever. We started doing really well, and I was already a diamond when I got joined, or I asked to be on this team, I should say. I was already a diamond. And they were, some of them were silver, some were gold, and I was on a alternate account that I've been playing on, which was also in a gold and so I was like, okay, this will be fine, and things went really well. And we started moving up, and then something disastrous kind of hit our team lead, and there was some issues going on, and people butted heads. And next thing you know, it turns out that he had to step down from leadership. And at this point, I had risen to the rank of 2IC, and so he naturally was going to put me as team lead. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll do my best. And so then I inherited what I could only describe as a mesh of personalities that just don't go together. <laughs> we had we had people from different ages. We had a 50-year-old, two 15-year-olds, a 24-year-old, and like a 30-year-old on our team. And so that that in the very beginning was very difficult. Just because yeah. everyone had different ideals, and the biggest issue by far was the maturity issue. We struggled mm -hmm. with having a very immature team, 
and they weren't able to understand some very basic concepts like if we're in the middle of a match we should not be talking about what went on in school today but rather <laughs> let's focus on killing their mercy let's focus on the reinhardt you know let's make these call outs and let's destroy this team we're trying to beat yeah and and so that i just got it everything thrown on me at once and so it was very stressful at first and eventually um uh, for those of you guys who don't know fancy down there was also part of our team he was he kind of got asked to be a healer and of course that's what his main position is now is, is a healer and he as, really as hard as he tries to break away as hard as he tries to get away he gets stuck in the healer. every time I do love my Mercy. She's beautiful. <laughs> but the team started stabilizing once Fancy joined. And we were able to get uh, about eight players that was on our team that were consistently coming to practice. Um, it was just very settled down, I should say. And yeah. It got calmer. And then I was able to rearrange people and put them in where I thought was better. And things just got – things just definitely improved from there. Gotcha. Well, let me ask you this: Like, did you have to let anybody go? And like, if if you did, like, what was the reasoning behind it? Like, what was it that you were looking at that that made you go, you know what? Like, listen, you're a great player, but it just doesn't fit with this with this team. Did you have to do that with anybody? Not directly, but indirectly, we did. There was yeah. an incident with one of our players. So he was 15, and he was constantly, constantly causing issues. He was an annoyance, and we asked him to stop and. He, he would be very good when you first asked him, and then it would just revert back to his normal behavior. And mm-hmm. he got to the point that it was making it harder to climb. And then he kind of got this mindset where he thought he was better than the rest of the team. He thought he was smarter than me. He thought he was smarter than my 2IC and everyone else that was on their team. He thought he knew better. And so he kind of started demanding what we should do for practices. And mm-hmm. one day I had this little plan set out, and the guy, he did not like it. And he went and had an absolute fit. And later, me and him were just talking one-on-one. I was like, this behavior is unacceptable, and if you can't straighten up, then I don't see why you should be on the team. We love you as a healer. You know, you do your job very well. And Wait, wait. This, of, was, this, was, this wasn't a Hanzo player? This was actually a support character? Like, what? This was a, this was a support like, player, yeah. Like how how can you play a support character and think that you know better than everybody? <laughs> it was it was crazy, and he was a very good Lucio. I I'm not gonna diss the guy. He was a great Lucio too, so it, it hurt the team. Yeah, and for all the listeners, I am a support main, so I can say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it it hurt the whole team, and it was hard at first, but. You know, life goes on, and so the team, and now most of us are up to diamond when we were kind of stuck in this gold to plat range. So just learning to overcome those obstacles are huge. Yeah. That's cool, man. Fancy, like, when, when you put your team together, what was it that you were looking for? And I, I kind of have an idea because I'm on your team. I know one of the things that you immediately <laughs> laid down the law on was, like, no, no tilting, you know? Um, so go ahead. I think it's a big problem in Overwatch today. Tilting is such a difficult dilemma. And when I formed my team, when I was asked to be the team leader, because originally I was not supposed to be the team leader. Another person was the team leader, but then he got promoted inside the clan that we're in. Mm -hmm. So they asked me to become captain. They thought I had potential and very reluctantly I agreed. (laughs) I normally don't go after leadership. It's just not my style, but I knew that if I didn't do this, I wouldn't be playing Overwatch the way I wanted to, and with this team, I wanted to build something that I could call my own and, you know, have a good time with. So when I went to start forming my team, the one thing that was in my mind was no tilting, and I want people to be happy when they're playing. Mm -hmm. I want to have fun. And that, you know, those three things I kept in mind. And we ran our tryouts, and we had a good time. We played very well. And I was able to find those people that I wanted to find. And after, you know, a few more weeks went by, I started to figure out, okay, who's who's the person that I want on my team? 
what personality, what skill level, you know, I, I was picking out my team based on their skill level, their personality, their ability to not tilt, their ability to follow directions, and yeah, just to be actually nice people, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to find these days. And, um, that's what I was looking for. So my team is very good at not tilting and just being generally good people. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it helps when you don't have to inherit a, a, a shit storm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and work yeah. through it. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I love the, the, I think the reason why I was so happy. And I mean, honestly, this, Joining not not so much the clan. I, I mean, I love being in the clan. Don't get me wrong, but literally joining this team, and I agree with you. I think the setting the certain down certain rules, certain you know certain expectations, and even goals yeah. uh, has really helped uh, the whole team kind of come together. Mm-hmm. And I actually have I, I I've said it a hundred times to you, uh, you know, not on the air obviously, but I've said it to you a hundred times. Like honestly, I'm having the best time on Overwatch that I've ever had. I've been playing this since it came out. And like I, I love this. I love the game right now because because of the team I'm on, because of the people I get to play with. Um, I mean, we we all mesh really well. We all joke with each other really well, and we do have people of different ages. But I feel like the people that are younger, uh, for the most part, tend to be very mature uh, with everybody else in, in the way they play, and, and it, it definitely helps. It definitely helps. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, I definitely enjoy having you enjoy (laughs) overwatch this much it's great i love that fact um yeah so i definitely really enjoy that fact i want to take it back to the first day of trouts though because i did something that i think most team leaders should do when they're forming a team i went through the rules Mm -hmm. expectations and goals i sat down and i talked for a good half an hour of how i wanted my team to cooperate and operate and, you know, I decided, you know, what are your goals? What do you want from this team? I asked them, what do you want from this team? Are you looking to go competitive, like extremely competitive? Or are you looking for three to four nights a week having fun? And it came down to kind of a mix of both. And it's been working so far and hopefully it continues to work. Yeah. So, you know, for those guys out there that are looking to form a team, that's definitely something that you want to do. I remember I got some really good advice from – Someone that is no longer in DI, but she's an incredible person, um, and I got some great advice from her on that specifically. What are your expectations? What are the rules of the team? And what are the goals? Um, and you know, that's I've stuck with that for longest time now. So, yeah, I, honestly, I think you're really lucky in the sense that you had that advice given to you, and you came from Vin's team, and you got to see all the nightmare that he had to deal with. I think all those things really helped you uh, be able to do what you've done with this team. And we've got a long way to go. We've, we've said this last episode. Uh, we do. We like, for example, we know that our biggest thing that we got to work on right now is dive comp, both versing it and playing it. Um, and that's, that's something that we're working on because some of our guys, you know, are still learning to, to flex and just to new roles. Uh, and that's where Vin, you guys have had so much practice. And I, I think I, I do enjoy Definitely, when we get to go against each other, as well as mixing it up like we did tonight on the on the draft, I, because I think it's really really good to see different people getting into different roles. Because there's sometimes in these when we do the draft that people that would normally play the role because of the way the picks went, they get put out of a different role. Like tonight, I was the, one of those games. I got put on Arissa and Diva. I mean, I play mm-hmm. those, but I don't play them as frequently as some of the other players. But uh, just the way we ended up getting split up, it ended up working that way, and we actually destroyed them i mean we we won it was really it was really nice <laughs> so I, I love that stuff and i think it's really important that that we we stick with these kind of things and and keep working at it and i know i kind of got off subject there and i apologize but i just can i can i interject rev yeah go ahead for those out there that don't know a draft is basically where you put two of your team members into captain positions and you have them fill the roles and you make sure that uh they're not you you have you have them captain a team basically and this can work for not just two teams together it can also work for say you have 12 people on your team you know so say you have subs you know say you have six subs a draft can work there as well it's a really good learning experience for people 
that are coming into Overwatch. And, you know, if you have a team, it's a great, it's a lot of fun. And, yeah, I can't stress it enough. Vin, can you help me clear that up a little bit? Yes. So when Fancy was first uh, a captain, we wanted to create this close bond that we have between our teams. And I thought one, well, one, one of the best ways we could do that is instead of always having each other face, which every Tuesday our team versus their, Tuesday, or their team, now every Wednesday we have a, where we put both of our teams together in a single lobby. And like you said, we put two teams together, or two captains, and they choose. And why this is important is because both Fancy and I have the opportunity to go against players on our team. And when you're on your team and you're playing, a lot of times you don't see what their biggest weaknesses are. And now that I go against my players a lot, I can pick out and single out, okay, what are they struggling with? And I actually, on my computer... I have a little notepad that after each game, I kind of exit out of and type some things that I think I should talk to them about. And so I'll go back and later and I'll say, okay, can we practice this? Can we focus on this? And it's gotten, it's gotten, I, I don't know, phenomenally improvements. I don't even know how to say it. It's just been amazing seeing how they, yeah, like just seeing how they improve because it's, I don't know anything compared to like the pros, but but anyone, when you're not in that situation and you can look against it, you can see what they're doing wrong and right. And I think that was really important that any captain or anyone who's leading a team can objectively look over each player and say, what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? And then there's another side effect to this of, can they work as a team with other people? Are they smart enough? Are they nice enough? Are they willing enough? to put aside differences with five other people and work as a team to beat this other team. Yeah. Well, yeah. And not only that, but it also it helps you like, like with team expectation foundation, like, you know, you get to sit there and see how the personalities clash and you can see how everybody is able to adapt, like you're saying, but also whoever you put as the captains, you can actually see how strong they are in leadership roles because mm-hmm. we, what we've learned is there are some people uh, who like literally step right into the spots and know how to how to form the teams, know who they want to pick, and then we've had a few people that are like, uh, I don't know who to pick. Who should I pick, guys? And, and it's it's interesting because you you put them in a situation where they have to step up, and this doesn't just help you in Overwatch. It helps you in life. It helps you learn to make decisions, make choices, and I think it's important, especially since we have younger guys on our team. It helps us li- literally help them become leaders whether it's in-game or out-of-game. And I know it sounds crazy that you can even if, – if, if most people don't even see those connections, but you really can because you're teaching them how to make decisions and how to think for themselves and not let somebody else always tell them what to do. And they may not always get that opportunity, especially the 15-year-olds that are on our team. You know, they're, mm-hmm. in a, they're in a situation in their lives where they don't always get to make a choice. Sometimes people make choices for them. So I think it's really important to put them in these kind of situations and also let them learn what the – how heavy leadership can be, you know, uh, making good calls, making bad calls. So for for the foundations, we, we really kind of talked about it. the biggest things are developing team rules, uh, expectations, setting goals. What were your goals, Vin, when you set out for your team? What were the goals that you set? Well, there was, there was two different uh, time periods, I should say. And the first time, it was just trying to get us to meld. I mean – Sometimes it was just, okay, can we get on the same page? Can we talk to each other as a team? Can we actually go through a match without one person getting tilted at the other? And when we finally, and I mean finally, it took us a good month or two, got that all settled down, it became, okay, where do we want to go from here? Where, What are our goals? Do we want everyone to go to Diamond? Do we want everyone to get to Masters? Where do we think we can cap out at? And eventually we kind of came up with this idea of we're going to start going to tournaments. And so we've been looking for tournaments to go to and stuff like that. And we do clan be clans and other things like like that. And actually, just recently, we went up against a top 500 player in Overwatch and we got destroyed. <laughs> but, but it was a great learning experience. And it was one of those things like I'm really kind of glad it happened. It was not fun at the time 
and you know you take moral victories wherever you can get them so you kill the person you're just like ha moral victory <laughs> but at the same time they just killed the rest of your team and you're just like oh yeah so that's what it's like to go against the pros you know it, it, it's really crazy it, it's cool because you get to see the difference in the skill levels it, it's it's almost like you're like holy crap like you know you you play against people at your own rank and you're like man we're really good and then you're like you step into like you know two three ranks above which which we're all capable of getting to there with time and practice but it's it's just like you're on a whole nother playing field you know you're like holy crap like these guys are for real you know they make it look oh, so yeah. easy and now they're decimating us <laughs> you're like holy crap so i i love it I, I i'm dying to actually go against the top 500 just you know i i have no intentions of winning i just want to go in there and learn um so yeah i mean fancy so what was your what was your goals when you said, I mean, I know, but like, what were the goals? Like just to give people an idea. I think I already talked to them, but my goals for my team were whether or not we want to be extremely competitive or whether or not we want to be casual. That was my main objective Mm -hmm. with the goal is do we want to have a team that's going to be having fun and, you know, gaining SR as we go or do we want to really, really try hard? And you know, that's kind of where we differ from Vin's team. We're not as try hard as they are. I don't, I don't want us to be that try hard because, in the end, at the end of the day, I want us to have fun. That's my main objective, and I try to keep to that rather than try to keep to. Oh my gosh, we really got to get, you know, tournaments going. I don't, I don't look for tournaments at the moment. So, yeah, that's my take on that. But I definitely want to wrap this up a little bit and just say like you know like sum it up for the people at home um so we've talked about what you want as far as your personality of your team we've talked about you know do you want a passionate team or a more happy-go-lucky team and we've talked about the skill level of the team and how exactly your skill level is and how it it goes overall and um the schedules. I want to talk about that real quick. Oh um, yeah, schedules. We didn't talk about that. That is something that I that is troublesome for us consistently. Um, so, mm-hmm, life is crazy. So, when you have backups, it comes in extremely handy because even if you're missing that one person, you can have someone else. So I have a lot of people on my team, but that's a good thing because it means that. If one person doesn't show up, we can still mm-hmm. practice, and that's that's consistent. That's consistency right there. And you want to keep practicing. You want to make sure you're practicing three or four nights a week, just so your team can get better. Um, and we talked about the ages. We talked about the the range of ages. So that definitely has a role on your team. That's a something you have to keep in mind. Um, and we've talked about. The rules, expectations, goals. So basically, um, what do you hope to accomplish with your team? What can and can't you tolerate? And you have to be honest, respectful, and have integrity. And if your team can't do that, you have to make some tough calls. So you have to take aside someone and maybe say, hey, you're not doing as well as I would have hoped on this team. Unfortunately, I'm just going to have to let you go. Um, So yeah, there's tough calls that you have to make. And so I think we covered that in – Close detail, and hopefully that makes sense for you at home. Yeah, so well, let's let's just go ahead and jump right into the next subject, which would be season eight, the new changes that's that they're talking about. So, I mean, you guys know about the changes, right? We do. Yeah, they're talking about changing the SR system for uh, diamond and up. So, uh, and if for you guys at home who know about it or don't know about it. Uh, a lot of people in the lower tiers are kind of upset about it because they feel like it should be something across the board. Um, but I, I, and this is something they may institute down the line. So what, what they're doing with the SR, from my understanding, and if I if I'm missing anything, please step in, guys. Um, is they're going to change it to where? Because right now you can do what they call one tricking, and one tricking is where you basically just play one character, and you can play it so well. Um, that even when you lose, you don't lose that much SR. So it's it, in a sense, it's it's generally better to just play the one trick so that way you can keep going up. And that's how some people literally shoot up in, in the ranks. 
But see, Overwatch wasn't designed for you to, to literally be a one trick. I mean, yes, they want you to have fun, and if one tricking is what you do for fun, okay. Uh, but they want you to focus on working together with the team and finding the right kind of builds for your for composition, uh, for so where you can actually win. But with one tricks, it kind of screws things up. So everybody else on the team, they'll lose a whole bunch of SR because they're willing to switch, and then the one trick doesn't lose that much. So he's like, I don't care. I'm going to keep playing what I want to play. And then he keeps going up, and other people have a hard time struggling to get where they want to be. So what they're doing is they're they're changing it to where once you hit diamond, you you gain everybody gains the same amount, and everybody loses the same amount on the team. And the reason why they want to do this is not necessarily force you to to not one trick, but encourage you to expand your hero pool because it's it's it doesn't even matter at this stage. You know, you're a diamond; it doesn't matter. You you want to win. You don't want to sit there and lose a whole bunch of SR because everybody's going to lose it because you're one tricking and you're going to lose the same amount as them. Yeah. I mean, is that about the right, thing, guys? The biggest thing about one-tricking, it's besides the fact that it ruins a lot of the team comps, is it means someone that is not at that appropriate skill level is at a much higher tier. And if they can't switch, or if they try to switch, they may have a pro-widow, but man, if they can't Winston, and you need a Winston at that time, then you're in trouble, and you may have a bronze Winston play, and it's just not going to be the same. And why one-tricking is even an issue is for yeah. those of you who don't understand how it works, it is very simple. The SR, when you win, it incorporates you that player that you played at. So whether it's Widow or Hanzo, and it ranks you those stats that you have damage done or healing done against every other person that played that, that In person. the same rig as you. And so if, in the same rating, exactly. And so if you one-trick and you play 50 hours – on one character compared to everyone else's 10 and you just know how to make that character tick it the game is going to think you're in a higher sr just because your stats are better than everyone else in your tiers and that's how one tricking works is so it doesn't want to put you in an sr that it feels is incorrect for you they don't want a gm to wind up in a diamond i mean that would be awful so they had this system in place to protect against that but in reality, people just ended up exploiting it so that they can get the higher SRs. And then Masters, particularly, is having a serious issue where, like, over half the people in Masters one-tricked on the character. And you wind up with comps such as Symmetra, Torben, Hanzo <laughs> on attack. And you're just wondering, how did we get to this? And not only that, but, like, it, and matches are being won and lost literally at the selection screen. Like, you know, like, you're getting to a point where, like, you know if you guys are going to win based on what your teammates select. Oh yeah. And that's and that's, that's, just, and that's, that's depressing. That's depressing. Like you know you don't like cuz then you're already like and yeah, if you guys play hard you might be able to pull it off, but in general like if I go into a game and you know we're like okay, we need a tank and everybody on the team is either DPS or healer and nobody knows how to sit there and play a tank, you're like we're kind of screwed. Uh and it, it's just it's really defeating. Uh it, it, it's something that definitely needs a lot of look, and I'm glad that that Blizzard's finally it doing is. it. So, yeah, me too. It affected me personally today. Um, I played like five matches. Four out of five of those mm -hmm. matches, we had a team of support mains, and unfortunately, as much as I love support, I was forced to tank <laughs> and know. DPS. Yeah. And you don't want me on tank or DPS. It's not a good idea. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely something they need to fix, and I'm glad that they're fixing it for that tier, that high level, but it's a problem everywhere. No, it's, it's not just a problem in Diamond and above. It's a problem the entire thing of Overwatch. So to do it that way is kind of interesting to me. I don't know if it's the best move. I don't think it is. They should definitely do it I, I, I for at least I personally think golden up. Might at do it least. Golden up. I think that this is kind of like a test run. You know, like, all right, like, before we go in and pull, you know, we just completely change um, the entire system. Let's test it off in the top 20% and up. Because Diamond is is the 20% uh, best players in, in the game and up, you know? So let's, let's start with the uh, small number, but a number that we can actually get a feel for it. And if it works there, we can start trickling it down into to lower tiers. Because what I'm thinking to probably do is we'll start off in Diamond. If everything in Diamond and everything seems to be working well, well and everybody's happy with it and the, and the changes are, are making a good, a good effect, 
they'll probably go, okay, well, let's try it from either plat or gold and up. And then they'll, they'll probably work it down. Or they may just go straight down and do it to everybody. Um, I think it could work either way because I think in the lower tiers, it's, it's kind of important for people to learn the game uh, just in general and play things and just figure it out. And once you start to – because once you get to like platinum and you're working your way to diamond, that's where you really start uh, – into like high gold and platinum up is where you start really working on doing the flexing, doing the switching and changing – uh, your characters and learning to do different types of you know dive comps and strategies because I feel like low gold and and silver and bronze like I mean I was in silver and gold and, and I started off in those like last year you know and I can tell you literally like in that at those stages all I was focused on was playing the game and as I slowly went up the the ranks I started realizing that there was so many more strategies you know so many things that you had to incorporate and then it and as you start to go up, you realize this stuff. So I, I think the SR system can still work the way it is in the lower lower tiers. And I, I but I definitely think when you get to those higher tiers, you really want to weed out people that should not be in masters. Like Vin was saying, like there's people that are in masters because they have one character that they're like god at, but everything else they're god awful at. So it, you need to you I need think to weed those out. Sorry. Okay. I think that's actually part of the system and why they did it. And I think something that's really important that we should talk about and acknowledge, at least I think I should mention, is the fact that once they do this to Diamond and above, there's going to be a lot of people who start falling. Mm -hmm. They're going to start going down because they could get away. You know, I've seen Masters people have a win percentage on their one trick at 32% win rates, and yet they're in Masters. Yeah. <laughs> And so once this new system kicks in, they're going to be getting their butt kicked all the way back down. Who knows? Past Simon back to plan. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't think the system is needed in the lower tiers because, honestly, the lower tiers, the skill rating isn't that high. And if you can only one trick from a silver to a platinum, then that's not really one tricking. It just means you're kind of good at a certain character. Yeah. Because the skill differences, and I don't mean to demean anything or anyone necessarily, between a plan or you know platinum and gold and silver and bronze are small in comparison to what a gap between diamond and masters are, or then masters and GM, or you know the biggest skill gap in the entire game is the top five hundred to the GM. Like it's that simple. There's that is by far where you're going to see the biggest skill gap. And that's what the pros say all the time. That's what that's what all the experts in Overwatch say all the time. So I'm gonna trust their judgment on that. Yeah. And so this this system I just don't think is needed in the lower. Well, you just saw it firsthand today. <laughs> the skill level difference with, with the top 500 player. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. and, and you're right. And that's what I'm saying. Like I I think it would be interesting to see them do it with all of them. But I like at the same time, like I was, like like we both said, I, I think it I think it kind of works. Uh, for the lower tiers, I mean, for example, you know, like you said, there's people what with thirty, what did you say, like thirty-seven percent wins and earn masters, thirty-three win. Percentage. Last time I checked, and obviously it it may have changed. My Zenyatta had a sixty-seven percent win rate, and my I think my Mercy had like a fifty, fifty-five, fifty-six percent, and my Moira had a like fifty percent as well. And I'm I'm stuck in plat, man. I've been stuck in plat for freaking a year. Like I, I've been literally like topped off in plat for like a, like a year, and it is frustrating to have a sixty seven percent win rate with a character and be stuck in plat. Uh, but that's because mm -hmm. I'm willing to change the characters, and I and I'm willing to play characters that I'm I'm terrible at. The only three characters I will not play because I'm just not I, I can't I can't time their abilities right is Hanzo, Widow, and Genji. Those are the only three characters I won't play. <laughs> but everybody else I'll play, and that and I think that's the reason why I'm stuck in platinum. Because I still have to learn those characters. Can I add another element into here? Um, what the experts say and the Overwatch people say, yes. they really want to I implement. Want they want Blizzard to implement role selection. Because I saw it today. We had all these support mains on my team, and we couldn't do anything. And you know, not to knock the support players, because they they want to play the heroes that they want to play, and you know, those are fun heroes to play. So I think a role selection could do wonders for the system. Absolute wonders. 
just so you don't have that happen. Um, I don't. I don't know what it was, but Jeff had talked about that. Big, big, big daddy Jeff. He talked about that, like why they didn't want to do it. But I, I, I still agree with you, man. Like I, I've agreed with that probably for the last like three seasons. I want to say because there's so many games where I mean, every one of us. Like that's why I, I hate solo queuing. Like solo queuing can be great, but I hate solo queuing because you there's there's so many games where you get like every like three or four or five people that literally can do like the same roles. Uh, we were playing a game last night, and we had four four people because two of our guys had to leave early, and we had two our, our two extras, you know, our two uh, what are they called pugs, random players that we had. They literally were both Farah and Roadhog mains. That's literally the only thing that the both of them played. I'm like, how the hell do we get a game where both the people on our team both play Farah and both play Roadhog, and Ironically, neither one of them picked those two characters, and they did god awful. <laughs> and it was just like because they were they they were they just weren't playing their normal roles, and it's frustrating. And I definitely agree with you. I think they do need to add some type of like it doesn't even have to be like okay, I'm going into this game and I'm only going to play um, support. You could sit there and say support. Maybe you can have the the system set up to where you can have like I'm a support main but I can also off tank or I can, you know, I can tank. So that way you can have like two, two role selection that you do. And then you just kind of mix it up. I, I think the problem is they're, they're worried that uh, a people are going to get into the thing and they're not going to want to change their characters. Like the game is designed for you to do. And B, I think it'll maybe ex- make uh, wait times longer. Um, and I think that, you know, cause people hate waiting to play a game. I think that's their concerns with it, but it's definitely something that needs to be looked at. And definitely something they need to consider. Sure. (laughs) For sure. Let's give it three for sures. (laughs) So, I mean, any other ideas for for season eight? What what are our expectations? Do we think this is going to be something that's going to work? Do we think it's going to fall flat on its face? Do you think these one tricks aren't going to give a damn? They're just going to keep one tricking? What do we think? I think it'll work to a degree. Um, For the Upper tiers for sure. We're definitely going to see a lot of people falling, and I think it'll work, but I don't think it'll be enough. No, it won't be enough, but it's a start. And they, and they and I think uh, there was nothing that Jeff had recently said when he was br- talking about this stuff. He said that this is like kind of like short term, like things that they're looking at, like changing now, and they are looking into other things to to make bigger changes. But this is something that has been needed for a long time: is a revamp of how comp works. And I'm glad that they're finally doing it, especially now that um, we have overwatch league and stuff. You know, this is important that we're starting to get into this stuff and and making these changes now. I would like to talk about the overwatch league. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So let's go ahead and start talking about this preseason, like what we loved about it, what we hated. And then let's start talking about a team review. Oh boy. So Vin, I'll let you start this off. Go ahead, man. So, to start off, I just want to preface that this is a preseason. Just like any other sport, no one's going to show their top tier, what their starting roster is, what their best comps are going to be. No one's going to go out and show that. And I think the best way to describe that is how during one of the matches with Houston, I think it was Houston Outlaws or no, I think it was Dallas Fuel versus Florida Mayhem, they went out with three support players and a tank player and two DPS. And they that was what they were going to do. And they just had one of their supports play a different character. Off to, and, and it was simply because they don't want to show everyone their top, their top, I guess, line. I'm not sure. Your, your top six who are going to play, for example. And, and it's sorry, real quick, real quick. With that said, though, Florida Mayhem was they kind of were playing their their tops because <laughs> they only have six. And that well, so. that's going to be the thing is Dallas Fuel has nine, and Dallas Fuel flexed their muscles when they came out and they just said we can have three supports, and even if we lose, we don't care because we know we're still going to beat you. And I think during this preseason, there are two two big teams, or no, probably three teams 
that have really shown out to me that I'm like, oh, Lord, I think they're going to be really dangerous. And one of them is definitely the Fuel. One of them is the Soul Dynasty. And one of them is London Spitfire. These teams all flex their muscles at one point, And then the other games, they just kind of screwed around because they could. I, I, I think those are going to be uh, strong teams, but I still have hope for my Houston. Houston was looking good. They even, when they, even when they didn't win, they were looking good. So uh, I think that I think we're going to definitely see something from that, that American Houston team. I agree with you about Dallas. Dallas Fuel was – honestly, like we talked about earlier, the best game of preseason, and it was in all three of our opinions, was Dallas versus Houston. The way all, both teams played was, was magnificent. They played now, I'm not like saying it was that, real. Yeah, and, I, and I, they really did. Uh, I'm not saying that the other games weren't great because Soul Dynasty had amazing plays. I mean, all the teams did really good uh, at certain points. But it was just really that game. Just like I was like hooked on that game, man. My my wife was like, "Get off your phone," because <laughs> I was watching it from my phone, and she was like, "Get off your phone." I'm like, "I I have to watch this. I'm sorry." Like this game was just off the charts. I mean, I, I loved it. It was it was a really intense game. So, oh, yeah. what now? Now Soul though, they came out and like their first the first day they wrecked, um, Shanghai. They wrecked them. I was I was really surprised because I thought it was going to be a much closer game. And, I mean, again, like you said at the beginning of this, these guys aren't playing their 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 starting lineups. So I mean, I'm sure we're going to see something different. But I I still was really surprised at how much they wrecked Shanghai. I mean, Shanghai is not the best team. You have to no. put that into effect. I don't think they have the most talent of China. I think they could have, you know, I've, I was listening to some guy talk about this on a podcast that I was listening to. And I don't think that China has the best players from China on that team. Yeah. I just don't think it's true. Either way, I want to, I want to put a note on my, uh, watching the preseason. I don't think every team played that well, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. Most of the teams that I saw, they were making pretty big mistakes and just per, not playing what I expect. You know, not playing to the standards to, to this to the standards of the World Cup, which I had just previously saw. Um, yeah, because it's not high stakes; it's preseason, so you know that's true. They didn't play that well. <laughs> well, I, I mean, they all had moments. I didn't mean that they played well the whole time, but the, every, every team had like some moments where you're like, "Oh, that was nice." I, I felt like every every player, every team had, at one point, even if it was just one set of plays, did something that was nice. I will say, I was really shocked. I think it was Fuel, wasn't it? Um, who their Genji like literally like missed three alts like the first time. I the can't first remember. Game, wasn't it? Who was it? What team was that? I can't remember. I, I feel like it was. I feel like it was. You could have been watching, them, or it might not have been them. Tavik, Tavik Salt. I think it was Tavik. Yeah, his his alts were. Yeah, Tavik's alts were all. That's who it was. It was Tavik. I was really shocked because you know he came out. He looked really strong, and then all three of his alts were just really poorly timed. And I was like, man, like you just like, and he literally cost them that round. Like, like his Genji alts were so off that game that it cost him that round. It sucked. I felt so bad because I was like, man, you're usually really on point. Like, what happened? Um, and, again, I think a lot of that has to do with what we're saying, that this isn't their starting lineup, that they're they're just kind of going out, having fun, showing everybody, giving everybody kind of like a little taste of what's to come. But at the same time, they're, they're not really able to play their best yet because they're still practicing together. They're still learning each other. I mean, hell, look, we've been playing – um, our team fancy we've been playing for what almost two months now and we still make constant silly stupid mistakes and these guys have you know they're trying to put a pro team together a bunch of people of different from all over the world so yeah we're going to see a lot of that and we may even see a little bit of that at the beginning of, the, yeah. of this of the first season so to counteract that though my question to you guys is uh, were they making silly mistakes on purpose because they don't want to show their. I don't. I don't role. feel like they were. No. I really think Tavik was off. No. <laughs> Not even no. I <laughs> more than Tavik. I think. I think if we are gonna 
put a title on this preseason of why teams won or lost, and it comes down to one thing, alt management. Honestly, the Dallas feel, Houston Outlaws game, as great as it was, as exciting as it was, it wasn't about who which team was better. It was about which team managed their alts better. Time and time again, it came down to alt fights and who had the better alt management. And when someone screwed up, the other team took advantage yeah. of it. And it wasn't about who was better. It was which team screwed up first. And this is definitely uh, – I mean, we, I want to talk about it a little bit right now with, with, the, with the league. But this is definitely uh, something we should talk about in itself, alt management, on another mm-hmm. episode. Because that's even a thing – that's not just at the pro level. That's at every level. You know, how you manage your alts literally win or lose you the game. And oh, not yeah. just manage them, but like timing them right. You know, like not just say, okay, we're you, – you two pop your alts, everybody else hold your alts. It's not just manage them like that. It's like literally going, okay – all right, we got to get that Zen to pop his trans. So once he pops it, then we can have our Genji go off. So you got to like try value. to yeah, you got to bait. You got to get value out of you know this this alt management, and that's what it comes down to: knowing when to use your alts and knowing how to get your enemy to to use theirs when they shouldn't. Um, and it's it definitely changes the entire game because you know you could have you could be the best DPS on the field, but if you and your team are constantly making the wrong calls with your alts, you're not going to win. You're not going to win any fight. So it it really was interesting. I I agree with you a hundred percent because there's a lot of times where you would see more alts go off than there should have been going off Um, or poorly timed alts like we saw with Tavik. So it it will be interesting to see how they correct that when, when the actual season uh, official season starts. And I want to say one thing back to what you were talking about of these teams having not much time to play, and alt management will go into that. But I want to make an exception with a couple teams because the Soul Dynasty, Houston Outlaws, and Dallas Fuel, majority of them have been playing together for a very, very long time. I mean, freaking yeah. Dallas Fuel is just team envious. That's yeah, all they were. That's true. That's and true. So I, I don't think you can make that same exception for them saying, well, they haven't been playing together very well. That's just them playing badly. Yeah. And it's crazy that they still win, but that was a rough, rough preseason to watch. It's them playing badly, but it's also the fact that they were subbing people in, and you're also having Chips go Mercy, and he is not the best Mercy. That poor man in Anamine well, through and yeah, through. Agreed. But not just not just think about it, like what you're saying, and the three teams you you talked about are the three teams that we said played really really well in the preseason. So I mean. I mean, I'm not saying other teams didn't play really, really well, but those are the three teams that stuck out the most with us. I mean, the, the Dallas Dallas versus Houston game was incredible. Soul Dynasty was incredible. Um, and, and So it definitely showed that those guys have played together, I feel like. And you, I feel like you have to take into account um, some of these teams don't have their full roster. For a fact, I know New York XL, my team, <laughs> they didn't have their support player. Their main support was Lip- Libero, who is not the main support. I forget the name of the other person who is the main support of that team, but they were playing kind of at a disadvantage. And, were, and it, ha- it happened for a couple other teams too. Yeah. I just don't remember who they were. And they were down Flower um, too because he's too young. I don't think Flower is signed to New York. I think he's supposed to be, but I think he's still a free agent somewhat. I don't know how the inner workings of it really? work, but I don't know. I've heard that he's not actually signed um and yeah i definitely want to add to the preseason is something that's really interesting is that i don't think the skill gaps are that separate um from the korean teams and the non-korean teams it's something that's really interesting and something that they pointed out is it's not as far away as you think you know i agree i agree I, I completely agree. Do you guys think that after the preseason that the teams with very few members, like like uh, let's say Miami, like uh, Mayhem, uh, are going to try to get more members before the season starts? Or do you think they're going to literally just run? I don't they think got? they can. I think there's a set period where they can do more, add more people to a team. But I think it's closed right now. I think it's like somewhere in March or something. They have like this mid period where they can. Add more people. I just don't remember when it was. I mean, do you think they're? Do you think 
Mayhem's going to add more people when that comes around, or do you think they're going to just stick it out with what they have? I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, I think they should. They definitely should because uh, one of the biggest things I saw that I felt was noticeable is, and I never thought about it until I was watching this, is how important it is to have the alternates. You know, like uh, because you know you you see you see Mayhem go in, and the first you know first game they they they, they played pretty decent. But then you kind of know what they're going to do because you, you kind of understand. No matter what role you're in, you still kind of know what somebody's going to do. You know, you know they're going to be a tank. You know they're going to be a support character. And it, it gets easier to kind of read them. But when you have somebody that you can pull in, switch out, and put into a role, and all of a sudden now that dynamics has changed, it adds a new element to, to, a, to, the, to the game. And so I, I definitely think that when March, whenever that – that th- that date opens up, they definitely need to look into adding more players, and I know a couple other teams could probably add them too. You said what? Didn't you say um, that Fuel only has nine? Uh, Dallas Fuel has nine. Uh, Houston Outlaws have ten. Yeah, well, yeah, ten's pretty good. I mean, you, you only have what two more spots open. Nine, you have three. You could probably add at least one more, two people in there. Um, I know not all the teams are filled up. Most of them have like one or two spots still open. So I mean, Houston, Houston's probably right up there. But like, I know. I know Mayhem needs to add more people. I know they do. And I want to see Mayhem do well. I mean, I live in Florida. So I want to see Mayhem do well because I want to be able to support them. <laughs> with with that, I kind of want to go into one of the teams yes. that we were going to talk about. And I think this is the best time to talk about the Dallas Field, or a.k.a. Team Envious. <laughs> AKA. Uh, Team Envious, the people that they added on – as that were not originally part of Team Envious, is Custa and XQC. Custa is a support character who's very good at diversifying his picks. He can he can perform well on most of the healers, and that's why they picked him up, because he isn't a specialist in terms like, oh, I don't know, Toby is on... Lucio, you know, Toby is an excellent Lucio, one of the best in the world, is the best in the world, what am I talking about? But Custa can play everyone well. And then XQC is the exact opposite. XQC specializes in two characters, and one of those is Winston, and the other one is Orisa. And his play on both of those are out of this world level. They simply are amazing. And why I feel like that's really important is because their main tank, Coco, who, man, back in the Rhine meta, he was probably the best Rhine in the Pro League. His Rhine play is amazing. It really is. He knows how to play it better than most tanks. But when he switched to the Winston during the dive meta, you saw how much of an impact it had because he struggled. And I think this is an excellent move, move to pick up XQC, who thrives on the Winston. And I think that's the biggest biggest thing to notice about the Dallas field is they picked up XQC, Custa, and Siegel. And Siegel is one of those specialists on DPS. And so they have these characters that can fill when they need to have a Farah or they need a Winston or they need, you know, an Ana Mercy instead of having a Lucio or Zen. And I think it's really important to note that they did a lot of effort into thinking about what comps were going to run before we're even running them. Yeah, they definitely picked up a lot of great players, and I and I agree with you. It was really smart. They had they have certain people that are just experts, like the best in the world on certain roles, and then everybody else are like really good all around. They're not the best in any one particular role necessarily, but they can play like every role really, really well. So it, it definitely opens up a lot of doors for them, a lot of different compositions that should should be easy for them to just flow right into. Which is why we're, we're seeing fuel as one of the most dominating forces at least so far from preseason and what we what predictions are in the in the in the first season here i, I agree with you. i think fuel is going to be a scary scary team to go against i think they'll wind up in the top three that's yeah. my opinion they're going to be in top three at the end of the year yeah i want to see how i've got a long way to go true we do that that's just that that's fancy of here being hopeful about his his new york team we got a long way to go. New York might. <laughs> I mean, fancy. I think you need to, to look at this team and realize you got Mickey on Diva, who is probably one of the best Divas besides Cool Matt. You got Harry Hook, who is a support player, 
but he is actually originally a DPS player. And so when you have a star DPS player playing support, that's kind of scary. And then you got Chipsahasian, who is top three healer in the world. I would put him right beneath Soul Dynasty's healers. You got Taimu, who is one of the best Widows in the world and best McCrees. You got Siegel, who has one of the best Faras in the world and a okay Junkrat, but Genji Slop 2, and then Effect, best Tracer, maybe besides Soon. And you're supposed to say these other teams have a chance at beating them when I can only think of two off the top of my head that are really going to give them a run for their money. Let's not get into... (laughs) Let's not get into the logistics of it and team rivalries on the podcast. That's not very... You gotta make your your voice kind of high-pitched. Let's not do that right now, guys. You know? <laughs> that uncomfortable. Hey, I think New York Excel can give them a run for their money. Pine on that widow, dude. Oh man, I and Sabiobi as Tracer, oh, he's so good. And then you have Mono, who's just just an out of this world tank. Just I don't want Mono. Yes, keep Mono away from me. But <laughs> but not better than anyone else on the Dallas field. And that's I mean I think Excelsior will. Are right underneath them in a skill level tier. Like they're on this, like maybe not the top tier, but right underneath it, where they can give all these top tiers a run for their money and are going to beat them occasionally. Because obviously, there's so many games that these guys play before the the, the season's over that there's going to be wins and losses. People are going to have off days. Yeah. Teams that shouldn't win are going to win, and teams that should win are going to lose. That's going to happen. But I don't think New York is going to end up. Anywhere near the top five you, at the end of the year. You know what you know what they say. Any given day, <laughs> any team can win. That's, so I mean, it will true. be interesting to see. I mean, and you know, and I think you know, we kind of talked a lot about this. We talked about Seoul. We talked about Houston. We talked about um, Dallas. I think maybe next week we should try to focus a little bit more on some of the other teams that people are like, you know, like like Boston Uprising. I think they got a good team, a young team, but it'd be interesting to see where they go. So I think next week we should definitely talk about them and maybe some of the other teams a little bit too. Just Boston, uh, and I'm sure we will. Boston Uprising yeah. surprised me. They did they, pretty they did. well. Um, yeah, I, they were able they to beat China, which I'm very happy about. Not surprising. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> Poor China. You just you just said China Poor didn't China. have the best 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 of, of their China of their was not. Yeah, they're 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 not in a good position right now. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well, well, who knows? They may be throwing us all off. Maybe they're, you know, they're bait and switching us. We'll see. <laughs> it, it could be a class, you know, like a shark, ta- you know, like a shark on a pool table. Like, oh, look, I really suck. Like, you guys can beat me any day. And then all of a sudden, you never know. They might surprise the hell out of us. But, I mean, that's really what I'm looking for for, for the season is, you know, we have these expectations based on preseason, and they're going to be completely shattered once the actual season starts. I really do think, I mean, it, I know that we, we have predictions and what we who we think is going to be in the top, but it really will be interesting to see if those predictions come true, or if we get some really big surprises. Uh, and I think that's what's going to make this whole league really exciting to watch is just the surprises that we're going to be in store uh, in each game. So. What I'm what I'm most looking forward to is any if anyone can knock Soul Dynasty off their dynasty. <laughs> Pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I personally, I have faith in my Texas teams. Maybe it's because I'm from Texas originally, but I think both Houston and Dallas, if if they play right, they can give Seoul a run for their money. So that's my opinion. I, I know the LA, LA teams actually are pretty good too. Both Valiant and the Gladiators, they were, were solid. I mean, all these teams have some pretty interesting stuff. So we're going to get into that in all these episodes coming up. But like you were, I, I like I think Fancy was uh, saying earlier, uh, we're getting close to our time, so uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up tonight uh, before we keep going on and on about this wonderful subject. And then our viewers are like, "Oh my God, will you guys stop talking?" <laughs> we want to give them more to listen to next week, right? Exactly. Oh, for sure. So I want to sit there and say, I want to go recap real quick. Uh, foundations make sure you guys are always focused on when you're building a team uh, your goals expectations 
uh, schedules, personality types. Don't just focus on, hey, are we the skill, same skill? And are you DPS? Are you a tank? Those are definitely important. But you got to think about everything when you're building a team because you're going to be playing with these people for a really, really long time. Um, season eight is going to be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, and pre-seasons were exciting. I can't wait for the season to get started. You guys have anything to say before we get off? Foundations of building a team are so important, so I can't drill that enough. When you build a team, take a lot of time to think about it because it's it's a hard process, but hopefully we, we can help you out. Yeah. And never be discouraged. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, and at the very beginning there's going to be a lot of downs. Just fight through it as a team, and things will get better. <laughs> All right. So, Team Overtalk, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, next week, I'm going to sit there and try to see if we can get a guest. I don't know if we will, but it will be interesting whether we have a guest or not. So let's see what we can do. Uh, stay tuned on Facebook and the website, and you may see some updates as to what's going to be happening this next week. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great night. Peace.